Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you receive a blessing from this program. We hope that you will join us in person this Sunday at 9.30 for Sunday school and 10.35 for the service. We promise you will receive a warm welcome. For more information or to watch our services live, please go to gpindy.net. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Sing it now. Well, I have a song I love to sing since I have been. standing. Brother Rick Campbell's going to come up and lead us in a word of prayer and ask the blessing on the offering. And we're really glad you're here today. Thank you. Let us pray. Dear Holy Father, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in this place, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the ability to worship to you, Lord. We thank you for all the facilities you've allowed us to have, Lord, and we thank you for those that have gave for these facilities. Uh, Lord, may they continue to give, and may you continue to put a blessing hand upon them. We pray for Pastor. We pray for his word today. May we apply it in our lives. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank him for his 
has a place to lay its head So why would I let worry steal my breath And even the roses You have clothed in brilliant red Still I'm the one that you love more than this You Yeah. 
present there by the shores of Galilee when Jesus touched those blinded eyes and made them see and though I did things down that was on my heart and uh, the title of my message this morning is we're not looking for signs 
but we can see the times. Amen? We worked that up at lunchtime the other day. We were talking in the foyer, me, Steve, and Donna, and uh, I said that, and I said, you know, that sounds good. <laughs> we're not looking for signs, but we can see the times. And I want to talk about that a little bit. I'm a very, very strong supporter of Israel, uh, always have been, uh, even before I was saved. Uh, there was an attraction in my heart. I, I can't explain that. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know if it's when I saw the movie The Robe and Jesus was being crucified. I didn't understand it then. But uh, I've always had a tender spot for the nation of Israel, especially when she would fight her wars. Uh, she was outnumbered 51 most of the time, and she came out victorious. Something about her. I don't, I don't know what it was. And, uh, but I'm a strong advocate for her. Also, I learned that through Abraham and Paul, that salvation is by faith. Uh, that's so important. It's not church membership. It's not baptism. It's not all the lights and all the fanfare and doing this or doing that, keeping the commandments or whatever, always trying to measure up to a certain level. That has nothing to do with one being a child of God. A child of God is when they believe in the gospel. Faith alone, nothing else, they believe. And then also, through Israel, uh, came our Savior. Uh, it was our Savior who came, and he died on a cross for our sins. It's our Savior who shed his blood, was buried, rose again, and he's alive. And uh, the Bible says that if I believe that, I can be saved. That's the gospel. And uh, I remind myself that Jesus was a Jewish man. And so that makes you attracted in a certain way. And then also through Israel, he has given us the greatest book ever given to mankind called the scriptures, the Bible. And what this Bible has done for us throughout our life, it's unbelievable. It's living. It's inspired. Uh, it's inherent. Uh, it's the very voice of God to us today. And so uh, I'm grateful for that book. And it came from those authors of Israel. And then also, not only that, Israel has given us the greatest believer in the body of Christ. His name was Saul of Tarsus until he got saved on the road to Damascus. And he became the apostle of the Gentiles, our apostle. And he's written 13 books of the New Testament more than anybody else. And so I'm grateful for these things that draw me to Israel. Yet as we have seen here the last few days, we've seen such anti-Semitism outside of Christendom and inside of Christendom. First of all, outside, uh, we just saw the 10-day war. Uh, you saw it on TV and uh, between Israel and Hamas in Gaza. And uh, you see uh, all that was going on there. And when that was going on, there was global pressure, and it was upon Israel to not harm Hamas in Gaza, remembering that Hamas is on a terror list. And they're telling us not that Israel should not hurt them whatsoever 
And I asked myself, who fired the first shot? Well, they were shooting rockets into Israel. What would you do? <laughs> if I had a nuke, I'd nuke them, amen? <laughs> but they shot in those 10 days 4,300 rockets. Can you grasp that? 4,300 rockets were fired into Israel. And even after the ceasefire, they called for a day of rage on the Temple Mount. And uh, I think about that. Uh, they just don't want Israel to have any kind of peace whatsoever. And now they're in Bowdoin because of some support from the United States of America and then also the world's growing opinion toward them. And so that just makes them the want to do more. We've even had support of Hamas by radicals in Congress and our Senate to stop helping Israel. And I stop and think about that. I thought Israel is our ally. Uh, you don't do that against your ally, <laughs> uh, or they wouldn't be your ally. And we see that. And they, our country has even promised to help rebuild Gaza. Before the war ever actually started three weeks ago, they even promised Hamas and Gaza, they promised them $780 million. That was before the war had even started. So that emboldened them. We even had support of Hamas by our senators and our congresspeople and that are socialists and that are Muslims. And uh, you call a socialist, just call him what? He's a communist. And that's what it is. And if you want country to be ruled by communists, uh, go over there and live sometime. I've been to Russia. I've seen the long lines trying to get some food. I've seen the infrastructure of a lot of things there. And they just, it's like a third world country, and they have nukes. That's the problem. <laughs> And uh, it's, a, it's a mess over there. Anywhere socialism goes, communism, there's death to people. And it's been proven by the millions upon millions of people who have been killed by communism. Amen. That's just a fact, Jack. Now, and then the Palestinians and their supporters in America, they don't want the Jews to have here anyway any peace either. And so... They've demonstrated by their marches, by being out in the streets, by violence, by attacking Jewish people. They had one down the other day. They were beating him and kicking him and doing everything to him. He was just out sitting at a table dining there. In the Hamas charter itself, it calls for the elimination of Israel. I mean, it's right in their charter. That's their end goal. And when, if they ever would, I don't believe they will, but if they ever would succeed in doing that, who do you think would be next for them to conquer? Uh, you know, it'd be the United States of America. They hate us because we've always supported Israel. And the pressure's beginning to mount in our government to give in. And we're seeing that all the time now. On several surrounding Muslim nations there, they have maps and there's no Israel. No Israel on their maps whatsoever. Uh, Erdogan, I believe that's how you say his name, president of Turkey, 
said this last week, all of humanity should be united against Israel and conquer Jerusalem. I mean, they, they're just bold, and they, they say, we don't care what you think. This is the way that it is. And we're always walking on thin ice, aren't we, as a nation? Since America has become weaker, and we have, many nations feel that they can challenge her militarily, economically, socially, religiously. Our objections as a country to those uh, people that are doing wrong, it's received just as being hollow, having no substance behind it. They have very little fear of America today. You have China, Russia, Iran, Turkey, North Korea, and they're all just saying and doing whatever they want to do. And there's a reason we've come to this point is because in our country there's been a real devilish, satanic system that's been working behind the scenes to help us to exclude God in government circles or public places. And not only that, by our inclusion of multiple faiths, especially Islam. They're saying it's, they all have equal, what? They're all equally valid. And uh, they, they're becoming stronger even more than Christianity, which helped founded our country. The morals of it, the morality of Christianity. And so that's a, that's a, an awful thing that's taking place today. The fact is, I've preached before that America is not in Bible prophecy. You can try to twist a couple of scriptures here or there, but America is just not in Bible prophecy. Either we will become, become too weak and we won't matter at the end times, or we will be destroyed. And that's what Les, I think, sort of feels like. And that we will be destroyed and leaving other nations to be able to rule, control the currency, the rise of dictators all around the world. Now that's outside Christendom, anti-Semitism. But then there's inside Christendom. Now as I read, history teaches us that those nations that go against Israel has suffered greatly. Even in her lost condition, she's in the land, but she's not believing yet. She won't believe until mid-trip. And so uh, a lot of them will through the witnesses, I understand that, but as the nation. And so you have all of this going on, and there are consequences when you go against Israel. That's why it bothers me when our country will stand up for the enemy and not stand up for Israel. And it just breaks my heart. To help this anti-Semitism to happen within Christendom, especially lately, has been what's called covenant theologist, replacement of Israel by today's church. And that is the majority of Christendom. They don't believe in a pre-tribulational rapture. They believe we're going into the trib ourselves. All the prophecies and promises that are good that went to Israel, God has set her aside and now he's just 
giving us those promises as the church. They say since Israel sinned, she forfeited the promises of God to her. And so the church gets her promises. We've replaced Israel. And as a result of that, this has caused for the need for these people to reinterpret Old Testament promises to Israel. If they were given to Israel and Israel forfeited that, they're not to Israel anymore. So we have to interpret that in such a way that it doesn't mean Israel, but that it means us. So they have to reinterpret the scriptures. In other words, when I go and I I see prophecies in the Bible, I can't take them literally because they're not literal anymore. And as a result, they allegorize the scriptures, they spiritualize much of the scripture because God no longer has any plans with Israel. That's what they say. I was just reading an article this week. I don't know, you might know a fellow by the name of Chuck Baldwin, and uh, he's been a great patriot and uh, was a pre-trib. Some reason, he moved from Florida as a pastor, went to Montana, became a pastor there, and uh, he's changed from pre-trib. Now he believes we're going into the tribulation, and he's gone with covenant theology, replacement theology, And so he's had to reinterpret the scriptures. And in doing that, the spirit that he had in his article was anti-Israel, really strong. And that's what you have to do if you think Israel has no place in the future. And a lot of people are going into that direction. And that happens when you are not dispensational or you don't rightly divide the scriptures. And by the way, that's one of the big reasons why there are so few rightly dividers today because most of Christendom follows this covenant theology stuff. But what does the Bible say? Does that matter about anything? What does the Bible say? Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, tribulation days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 35, Thus saith the Lord which giveth the Son, for light by day, and the ordinances of the moon and of the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. Now get this. If those ordinances, the sun, the moon, the stars, depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord. 
And you know, I got up this morning, and do you know what I saw? I saw the sun. As a matter of fact, late last night, I was studying, and I opened up my blinds, and I saw the moon. Now, that tells me something. God's not done with Israel. <laughs> Amen? Even Paul said in Romans chapter 11, verse 15, for if the casting away of them, Israel, be the reconciling of the world, now get this, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. And so all Israel shall be saved. And it is written that there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, Israel, for this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. Now let me say something to you. When Paul wrote that, Romans chapter 11, that's after the Old Testament. That's after God had set Israel aside temporarily and he promises them they will regather one day and they will be saved one day. That's his covenant with Israel. Israel has a future with God. We are not Israel. We don't get her promises. She gets them one day in the future. Amen? Now, today, we're not looking for signs of Christ's return to the earth to set up his kingdom. But we can't help but see the times. First Chronicles 12.32 And the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. They understood the times in which they lived. There are reasons we believe that all the prophetic things about the tribulation will be very soon. We believe the tribulation is coming soon when Christ returns to earth defeats the enemies of Israel, and sets up his kingdom with Israel as a head nation. We believe that very, very soon. Here's some reasons why, simple ones, but you put them all together. Number one, Israel's back in her land. You know, Israel, the nation, Canaan, was given to Abraham by God. Somebody said, where did Israel get that land? God gave it to her. What do you mean? That's what the Bible says. I don't care what the Muslims say over there. God gave it to Israel. It states in Genesis 17, Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee, the Israelites, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Amen? 
It's amazing to me. Against all odds, Israel went back to her land and became a nation again. Speaking her original language, never done in history, never has again. In 1948, they gave her, the UN said, you can have this little sliver of land. They only gave Israel one-fourth of her land, and that's what she's living in today. Do you understand that she consists of all of that area around there, including parts of Iraq, parts of Iran, which is Canaan? It's amazing, and they still want to take her land away. That's just amazing. To me, it is. The majority, I just read this there, the majority of Jews today live in Israel now. That has to be a first, because they lived and were scattered in other nations. Now, the majority of Jews worldwide live in Israel right now. Today, the Jewish people, they are in control of Jerusalem now as their capital. And it's a cup of trembling for all nations. People just can't handle it. Other nations just can't handle that. But she's there. Secondly, an increase in knowledge and travel. Daniel 12.4. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Today, you can get on a jet and go just about anywhere you want. You can get on the internet and learn just about. You want to fix something, just pull up the internet and go to YouTube, and they'll tell you how to fix it. It's unbelievable what they can do. We even have SpaceX right now, <laughs> private organization going up. It's unbelievable what's going on, and increase in knowledge and travel. Number three, Israel's surrounded by her enemies. That's the way it's supposed to be. It states in Psalm 83, verse 2, For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people, Israel, and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. And if that's not today, I don't know what is. It just seems like they're just growing there. And then a fourth reason is Gog and Magog's invasion. It's set in place. They're ready. It could happen any time. It states that the northern nations will come down on Israel. God will destroy them in the in the mountains, but the nations north of them are Iran and Russia. They're ready. And then number five, the rising global in a global government is now possible. The UN is promoting right now a global reset. Right now, the Pope is working for this one world government. And it will be that way one day in the tribulation. Revelation 13, 7 says this, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. 
and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, the Antichrist, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The world is ready for a one-world government. I've said before, uh, uh, just a few weeks ago, Carol was flipping the channel and came up on a concert, and a lot of people were there. It was in San Diego's new football stadium, and they were having their concert and everything, and the big banner behind them said this, Global Citizen. Anybody else see that? You see that? Global Citizen. That's what they're working toward. Another sign would be a denial of signs. <laughs> you know, 2 Peter 3.3 3 says this here. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. And people are more bold today, especially in this country, when you talk about the return of Christ, they joke, they laugh, they make fun of you. That's okay. Christ will have the last laugh, I promise. And then there's technology to view events anywhere, instantly, universally. That's important. All kinds of satellites up there right now. That's important because at the beginning of the tribulation for the first three and a half years, there's going to be two witnesses up on the face of this earth. And these two witnesses, it will be broadcast worldwide. The world will see them for three and a half years preaching the truth. And they need the technology to mark people. Okay? Number eight, everything necessary to rebuild a third temple is ready. I believe that this will begin right after Psalm 83 when Israel defeats the Muslim nations right around them. Right now, they're ready. The temple has to be ready because the Antichrist has to stand in the midst of the temple at mid-tribulation. So it has to be here. And Israel already, they have the implements, they have the priest, they have the red heifer, they have the Sanhedrin, they have the stones, they even have the property. They don't even need to take down the dome there of the rock there, you know, the one that's the Muslim's place. They should, but they don't even need that because there's plenty of room up there to build their temple if they wanted to. Amen? And then another sign is moral decay, as in the days of Noah and like days of Lot. And this is going on worldwide. Increased disasters, locusts. And by the way, this is the 17th year. How many of you have locusts now all over your yard yet? Uh, some of you starting to come. 17th year anniversary. They're coming out. But they've had this problem over in the Far East there anyway, eating all their crop and everything. Locusts, viruses, drugs, pornography, abortion. There's a less value on life today like never before. What a tragedy the other day where the young black boy, Deshaun Bills, I think is his name, he's at his grandmother's house. 12 years old, playing a game, and a bullet comes through 
and hits him in the head and kills him. And he just died. What an awful loss. Life is so cheap that people just randomly go around shooting. And it breaks your heart for the family. You need to remember that. And then another sign is wars and rumors of wars. The Middle East is like a powder keg. Right now, it's close China and India. They don't like each other. They've been ha having border firing at each other and stuff like that. Then you have China threatening Taiwan now. And then you have North Korea versus South Korea. Australia just increased her military budget $280 billion in order to try to prepare from the threats of China who says we have missiles that can reach you. They didn't like a trade deal that Australia demanded of them. So we're going to fire our missiles at you. So they're preparing to protect themselves. And here in America, God forbid, but they're calling that America more than likely will have some type of civil war here. We hope that never, ever happens. But it just seems like everybody's ready. You know what I mean? To just explode. And then the last thing is this here. I've never seen like this times when man's willing to give up his freedom because the government says it's for your own good. Amen. We are being conditioned. Huh? We are being conditioned and we'll get right in line. Mankind will. I won't. But mankind will get right in line and take the mark of the beast on his forehead, his hand. He won't have any problem with it whatsoever. In my office, I have a picture. It's a picture of the Western Indians. And they have their rifles with them. And the caption on it says, Turn in your weapons. The government will take care of you. How did that turn out? Amen. When they come around, they say, they're going to take your weapons. You better fight. Amen. You're saying, well, preacher, is supposed to be a preacher of peace. Everybody wants peace, but I believe you need to guard your homes. Amen. Fire first, then ask questions. Okay, now. Amen. Oh, I didn't know that was pizza deliverer. Okay, I know. <laughs> now think this through. These are signs. We can see the times of those signs. We can see them everywhere. Now think this through. That's soon. It's not going to be long for that. But remember this. The rapture, the calling up of the body of Christ, takes place prior to the tribulation going on. Amen? Now, did you get that? You see, we're going up in the rapture, then there's a little gap, and then the tribulation begins, then Christ returns to earth and destroys Israel's enemies and sets up his kingdom. But we will be in heaven. Let me ask you this question. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to leave? The only way you can leave is through the gospel. And the gospel is the fact that Christ loved you so much, he died on a cross for your sins, shed his blood. They buried him three days later, he rose. 
And that work of Christ and who he is, that alone is enough, is sufficient to wash away all your sins and give you eternal life. And what you need to do with that information is believe. Not because I said it, because somebody else said it, but because the word of God says it. Amen? God's word says to you, just believe who he is and what he's done for you. If you believe that in your heart, not just an acknowledgement of it, but with the heart, what he did, okay, I see that, but he did that for me. And you allow it to be in your heart. He died for me. He was buried and he rose again for me, for my sins to give me eternal life. Amen? That's what God wants you to do. And then when the rapture happens, before this tribulation of things I've just been mentioning to you, it states in 1 Thessalonians 1.10, And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. The wrath to come will be poured out in the tribulation. Today, we're living in the day of grace to give you that opportunity. And if you have not believed in this gospel and the person of Christ, you need to do that right where you are. Because if you don't, you're not leaving. You're going to stay right here. And you'll get to experience firsthand these things I've just said that will take place going into the tribulation. That will be yours. Revelation 6, 15. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? That's what you get when you stay. So do you want to leave, or do you want to stay? Amen? Now, I don't know about you, but I'd run to God. I said, God, here's my heart. I believe that your son, his death, burial, and resurrection was for me, is enough to save me. I'm telling, telling you today, I believe. Do that in your heart right now. Let's bow our heads. With our heads bowed, just tell God. Tell him that you believe in your heart, that it's true, that it's real, and it's for you. Just tell him right now. By the way, for the rest of us who will be leaving because we have believed the gospel, would I want to see him today based upon the life that I've lived, based upon what I'm doing for him? Am I living for God? Am I living for the world? 
Would I want him to come back this moment? Father, I thank you for grace. I thank you for the hope that we have. And we're looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I pray that it might be any day. Lord, there for a while, I just kind of didn't think it was going to happen during my lifetime. But the more we see and knowing the times, I believe I'm going to be one of those who's going to experience it. And I believe there are people here that's going to experience it. May we experience when that trumpet sounds and we get to shoot out of here and meet you in the air and go to heaven to be with you, to be able to see you face to face and properly bow down and thank you for what you have done for us. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. And he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. Thank you for the hope in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpnd.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you as our prayer.